Welcome to VP Precision Podcast with your hosts, John Pinch and Jake Vibbert. Welcome to episode three. Uh, we are really excited to talk about some equipment stuff we have going on. Um, now, for equipment, uh, one thing to understand is that everybody does something just a little bit different, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Uh, John runs uh, some really high-quality stuff, and it's completely different than what I run, yep. and it works for him. Uh, so something to kind of realize is that uh, you know we're going to um, kind of dive into some stuff that we run, some equipment that we really enjoy. Um, a lot of it we um, have run for a long time. So, mm-hmm. uh, John, what kind of rifle and stuff you run? Um, I'm shooting, and full disclosure, uh, we obviously shoot a lot, and we're sponsored by companies. Yep, that's right. Um, and so a lot of these companies are sponsors. There's a lot of great companies, like Jake said, uh, different companies, but we're telling you who we're sponsored by, stuff we're running, and stuff I really like. Um, I've been getting better and better at working into running exactly what I want, and then those uh, some of the sponsors have come behind and, mm-hmm. and supported us. And so Jake's done that for a long time as well. With, I mean, he's been with some company XLR and USO and some mm-hmm. of these companies for a long time. We'll talk about, but I'm running a uh, Curtis Custom. Uh, vector action they've been around for uh kind of a newer company they're mm-hmm. the unique thing about them i'd say is they have a 60 degree throw so instead of a 90 degree bolt lift which is a a longer lift like your traditional remington 700 it's a 60 degree so it's a really short lift on the bolt real quick to load but uh cool guys over there and i uh joel and 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 chase run that company and out of texas and then where's joel's out of pennsylvania, pennsylvania. Yeah. and so just the more I do this, the more uh, be, being with working for cool, uh, good guys that are mm-hmm. that are easy to work with and supportive of the sport. Are, it means a lot to me. Exactly. And so run that uh, uh, the Curtis Custom Vector, um, shooting proof barrels uh, for a while now. Um, running the uh, the MDT, so modular driven technologies are up out of uh, Canada over here on the west coast. Uh, the MDT ACC, and so it's their competition chassis. They've just finished up a um, lot of cool features. Um, I shot for MPA for uh, quite a few years for uh, Phil. Great product, uh, cool people. We had a we had um, it was a good transition for me, and and we left on good terms as far as like the sponsorship side of things yeah. go. But it was a uh, you know, and I think that might be a topic we could talk about too at some yeah, point is, is the sponsorship side of this. It's interesting. It's been a big learning curve for me and it, it's been real interesting. Um, but anyway, good, good, kept that relationship good. Phil was very supportive, but MDT has been uh, very supportive. I really like the product. They're over here. They're close to me. I was actually drive up, able to drive up to mm-hmm. their factory and get a tour, meet the guys and really hit it off. And so cool facility up there, really cool. They've got, um, I mean, a big shop, CNC machines, the whole thing, like you expect, a whole bunch of them. And then they've got a big, uh, another building, the paint shop, big Cerakote booths. And then they've got their another building that's uh, packaging, shipping. And then they've got the upstairs um, where Josh Botha, a couple other guys that you'll see. Josh comes to do a lot of shoots. A lot of you guys might mm-hmm. know him over here in the, a lot of the NRL um kind of these northwest matches he comes to almost all my jc yep. still matches a cool so. guy and uh but they're super proactive on um design and new products so it's him and three other guys up in a kind of design office so that's shipping design um so yeah they had a bunch of buildings really mm-hmm. cool um just laid back uh friendly canadians there so, you go. <laughs> so that Canucks. was fun um 
I'm trying to think. I've shot for Swarovski Collis Optics for uh, for a few years now. A um, little bit of personnel change there, so I'm I might be transitioning uh, from them. We've we've been talking back and forth, and that's again back to the sponsorship thing. Still working through some things with that, and we'll keep you posted on that. But hey, guys, uh, since we recorded this, I was able to finalize the deal with Loophold. Wanted to put a put a little insert in here. Been testing their stuff, you know, specifically the Mark Five, uh, five to twenty-five scope for a few months uh, since some of the personnel was changing at Swarovski. Um, no complaints with with their products at all. You know, obviously great products, top of line glass. But had been working with um, Loophole being down the road here. Had been chatting with them the last few months and really beating up that Mark Five. Tried to break it, just beating the piss out of it, trying to get to change zero or have any kind of issues, and it just held strong. So my confidence built and built. You know, you got to be confident in your optics, and so I was able to do that. They were really patient with me, and we uh, recently just kind of came to an an agreement to work together, which I'm really excited about being down the road and being a company that's uh, really excited about uh, being a strong point uh, player in this game with with product innovation open to radical designs product ideas uh so they're supporting the sport a lot um very proactive we've i've seen them at the lot they've had guys at the last few matches um and will continue to do so and they've been around forever i mean they're probably they were one of my very first high you know high-end scopes i saved up way back in the day and bought a a very x3 four and a half to 14 and that was my um you know, that was my first kind of high-end scope moving away from like the Tascos or whatever I could afford when I was young. And uh, they've been around for a long time. So they do, it's pretty cool. I took a tour up there. They do all their, all their rifle scope uh, uh, manufacturing in Portland. Like there's got, I don't know how many CNC machines in there and tooling. And I think they have 700 employees in Portland. They do all the housings reticles turrets everything is made there which is crazy i don't think hardly anybody does that um that i know of um so that was pretty interesting seeing that so uh i will definitely keep you guys posted as i get more familiar with their product line and the company and the players there and um but just wanted to put that in there real quick that shooting for loophole and i'm super jacked about it they do have a 735 i haven't spent much time with it yet so i've just been running the 525 um and uh, like I said, it's new to it, but I'm excited. I want to put that in there. Thanks. Don't want to be forgetting anything. Running yeah. a, I'm running an Area 419 muzzle brake at the moment. Um, um, a big a big thing, I ran dual triggers for a long time, which great triggers. Um, maybe a little susceptible to dust, mm-hmm. freezing. Um, I know uh, my buddy Ryan Avery um, had ran jewels a lot on his hunting guns, and he's hunting – you know, hunting moose and hunting different things up in uh, northern Idaho where it's wet and it's cold, and he had to jewel freeze up on him a couple times, goes to, you know, take break a shot on an animal, nothing, just squeezing the trigger, nothing, just totally froze up. And I, I was pretty particular, and I never had any major problems. Some buddies did that are also particular, so maybe I just got lucky. But ran those for a long time, and then the Trigger Tech uh, Diamond came out, mm-hmm. which is a – I'm in love with it. It so, just kind of took over the trigger world. It really did. I mean, it absolutely blew up. They kind of got its rollerball technology. We both run that trigger. Yep, right. um, it's a super reliable. I don't know if it can lock up the, by the design. It's not a sliding sear. I don't want to. I don't know how to explain this. It's it's kind of built on a rollerball, so it's got a it's got a lot more uh, 
forgiveness for grit and sand and dirt. And it's a pretty sealed up trigger too. So it's harder to get mm-hmm. in there in the first place. So yep. running that, um, well, that's gun. I think that's, uh, that's pretty, mm-hmm. that's about it for now. What yep. are you running for gun wise? So uh, I'm also on Team Curtis, uh, although I'm running a defiance action right now. I'm waiting for my left-handed, um, you know, Curtises to show up, and I'm going to run the Vector as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Vector because it's AW cut. You can run the AW magazines, which I'm, uh, you know, pretty happy with the yep. performance of the AW mags over the last few years. So I'll be running that uh, that action right now. I'm running a defiance deviant. And um, I've had this particular Defiance Deviant for uh, a quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, shot a lot of matches with it and, and really like the performance of it as well. Uh, you know, with the Curtis, I'm excited to try the 60 degree. Um, excited to try the three lug action. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's obviously one piece rail and, and you know, yeah. in a, uh, uh, one piece lug, all that kind of stuff is all built in so it's going to be another stiff uh stiff action mm-hmm. um i'm running the uh xlr nv jv heavy fill uh chassis it's a, a chassis that i kind of helped kyle miller and and matt at xlr design uh really enjoy that chassis uh it's got the for me it's got a really good weight to it uh, they have a center spine on it which is a stainless steel spine um you know some some pretty runs down uh, the forehand yeah for some so extra it runs Inside the foreign, uh, you, you you can't see the actual inside from the bottom. Um, it's kind of inlet inside mm-hmm. the, the barrel channel. So it kind of takes weight from uh, right in front of that magwell all the way out to the end. So it spreads it out really well. Mm-hmm. And obviously adjustable uh, on the buttstock in about every way imagined. Um, you know, you know, really every way you, you can imagine. So I really like that chassis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've worked on that for a long time. Um, kind of... Uh, Taking some features from some different rails that people have run. Um, obviously, the one and a half inch dovetail. It seems like it's kind of taken over the the bottom of the chassis, um, and really every single chassis out there has that option. Um, and some of them still run the pick rails up front or the swivel studs to put bipods on, but that one and a half inch dovetail is pretty uh, quick and easy. To run tripod yeah. mounts and bipods and about everything. Yeah, the photographers out there know it as the Arca cut, mm-hmm. Arca Swiss cut, and it's been a pretty a standard in the photography side of things for a long time. But really right stuff makes tripod. Well, everybody makes tripod mm-hmm. heads now that clamps right into. My bipod is on a really right stuff throw lever. Yep. So a Harris clips onto that, and I just rock and roll with that lever. It can slide up and down the mm-hmm. entire length of the fore and really quick, quick adjust. Uh, same with the tripod. It's just... I love it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's so, why I've been a big one of the bigger break kind of I don't know quote unquote breakthroughs in the rifle world. Seems like yeah. is is that cut is really right stuff. Yeah, so many different features. So um, really right stuff came on the scene um, probably about three and a half years ago, and uh, yeah. you know they came on the scene for high end tripods yep. because we were just getting into using tripods quite a bit and i have a really right stuff mm-hmm. 34l and so it's a little taller um and so it fits me really well mm-hmm. well they came out with the you know the high-end tripods and then that led into different ways to connect them um and that uh one and a half inch dovetail or arca swiss has been around for a really long time yeah really well, right stuff has been around for yeah, a long time absolutely. in the photography world yep. it's a huge name but not so, as much in the shooting side now they're kind of getting into the 
the shooting aspect of it. Um, so yeah, I run uh, the XLR MV chassis. Uh, I've, I've been running benchmark barrels for probably about six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're up in Washington State, and they were local to me. Uh, so really enjoy those guys. Just a, a yeah. good group of guys. They do a lot of hunting as well, and that's how I first got into them. I was building some hunting rifles, like a three thirty eight edge mm-hmm. big boomer that I thought I was going to take up to Alaska and kill something from 19 <laughs> miles away. So uh, I built that, and... Um, I also run the Trigger Tech Diamond. Yeah. Uh, I've been super happy with it. It is a, a really um, well-balanced trigger. It's got a lot of the features that I like and a lot of features that I want in a trigger. Um, one screw su- adjustment. One easy. screw adjustment. So for me, that's easy because um, I like mine about 12 uh, to 14 ounces. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you just have a click about every single ounce, um, and you just kind of go down to that 12 to 14 ounce mark and, yep. and put it on there. Um, yep, agree. so my muzzle brakes and my mounts are made by zero Delta, um, company out of uh, North Carolina and they have a manufacturing plant in, uh, Lubbock, Texas. So I've been running the, the one piece BA slam mount and the, uh, and their gen one muzzle brake. Um, and I've been really happy with those. The uh, last thing would be the U.S. Optics um, B-Series Scope. Yep. So I've been running with the, the B-Series Scope now for the se- uh, this is the second year, and I've been with U.S. Optics uh, running their particular um, products for right around six years now and, uh, you know, I guess five years. Uh, so it's been, it's been a, a really good relationship I've had with them. That's cool. Um, they definitely uh, take care of me, and I have uh, quite a bit of input into new products for long-range precision rifle shooters, which is really cool because you can start to, to you know, say, hey, this is, you know, what I'm seeing on the on the market that, you know, we might want to capitalize on, or we might want to do turrets like this. We might want to have these kind of um, features in a scope. And so we can take all these different ideas and, and couple them and say, okay, well, we can do this, we can do this, uh, this might be more challenging, et cetera, et cetera. And so mm-hmm. it's a really cool opportunity to work with a company like that, yep. uh, you know, when you have that kind of relationship. So Yeah, I love when companies are taking shooters' feedback from shooters mm-hmm. that are that are deep in it. It's it's Sometimes ideas get brought up, I think, or it seems like it. you see ideas come up in companies, you're like, where in the world did that come from? Mm-hmm. Or a decent start definitely was a wasn't idea, a shooter. But it didn't finish it. <laughs> it didn't finish yeah, it. Definitely was not a shooter that came up with that idea. Yeah. Some guys it in might the have, office. Might have been an engineer, might have been yeah. uh, something like that. And that happens a lot it in does. the in the industry. And so you look around, you're like, Well, um, what in the world was was that idea? Yeah, uh, why did that reticle even whoever thought that reticle was a good that's idea? That's exactly like, right. You could have gone to a shoot and ask, you know, there's a bunch of guys that do this a lot. You ask those guys and real quick save you a bunch of money on reticle design or yep. or a million other features that yep. I love when companies are taking feedback from guys that are hitting it mm-hmm. hard and know kind of know the pole, have their finger on a pole so what's going yeah. on out there. So, so that's my rifle. Who's uh, uh, who's doing your, uh, your chambering? Uh, so Alamo Precision does all my chambering. They're down in Texas, okay. um, in Hearst, Texas, and I really like both uh, Robert and and uh, Jason down there. They they've just done a great job for me, uh, really mm-hmm. taking care of me. Yeah. And currently, they've been uh, chambering up my Defiance, and so I have a couple extra barrels for that. 
And that's kind of how I roll through all my chambering is I'll, I'll send my action in and they'll actually chamber uh, multiple barrels in yep. the same caliber for me. Yep. And then I can basically switch them on and off anytime I want. And I run through about 1,200 rounds and I'll switch over to another barrel. Mm-hmm. I just really like the, the, the consistency of a fresh barrel in that 300 to 1,200 round mark. Yep, for me, it's just the sweet spot. Yep, um, same here. So, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I've been, so I, a little transition, but I've been working with, uh, right now it's kind of uh, a friend down, Joe Walls with Exodus Rifles down mm-hmm. out of uh, out of Florida. Really cool guy. Um, he does great work too. Really, he's, uh, yeah, he's, I don't know if an artist, I don't know what the word is. He's very particular, um, does very good work. And so I actually paid him to do a couple of barrels. I was in a jam for a variety of reasons and, uh, um, paid him to do a few barrels and I've been shooting them. And so I don't have an official barrel sponsor. We also, you know, a buddy and I bought a lathe last year and we've been chambering up a bunch of our own as well. And so probably transition between kind of us, uh, Brian and I chambering, doing our own barrels and then working with Joe as well. So I'm kind of in a little bit of a limbo, uh, but right now, the last matches have been run with those excess rifles, six dasher, and just hammering. So I love Joe's mm-hmm. work and his personality. Just a, re- a really cool dude, a good friend. Mm-hmm. So, so I was talking with Joe uh, the other day at um, the Altus match, and he comes up to me <laughs> and he says, "Hey, Jake." I was like, "Yes, Mister Walls." He says, "You know that the first four matches of the year." National level matches, three of them have been one white Exodus rifles. I said, I know Joe, I know. <laughs> so he was loving it, and, Good for him. and you know, he's definitely proud. Uh, you know, proud of people that run his stuff, and yep. and uh, he's he's uh, doing good work. Obviously, yeah, he builds he builds hammers. So, so that's yeah, funny. you know, I think uh, some other gear that I kind of wanted to highlight on is just some stuff that I carry in my pack, yep. um, and so. I run uh, a couple different things. I run a Kestrel 5700 Elite, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the Link model, uh, which basically Bluetooths to your phone. Uh, one thing I really like about that is just the consistency uh, of that. I have all the different features uh, that I want, whether it's uh, um, you know wind jump, either way. It's just been really good for... Um, for me, for consistency, I used to run everything off of an old iPhone four, and I ran all that my ballistics until very off long that. ago. And that, yeah, right. that, that so was. What was the story? So last year, we're my very was so it last year? I think last year we were in Nebraska or we were somewhere. Yeah, and we just finished the finale in Texas. Everybody's running Kestrel. Everybody, and you and I are running <laughs> running our phone, and you know what? I guess. You know, we, <laughs> it worked. It worked because we had a lot of wins with just running our we old running school phone. Shooter ballistic app on our iPhones. But and everybody is running a Kestrel, and we're like, we're looking around at each other, and <laughs> we're like, man, are we're the only losers out here with no? <laughs> it's like everyone's got no a smartphone, and we're running a pager still. Is what it felt like. We're like, look yeah, around. That's There's got to be something like. to this. So uh, we actually decided um, after that match, we decided together, hey. Let's go. Let's go buy a couple of Kestrels, and so we. Yeah. I went and bought one. Uh, John went and bought one. We started playing with it, and 
Um, I'm kind of hooked on it. It's super I, simple. I, uh, it's I took easy. Two matches for me to transition out where I still have my phone in one pocket and the Kestrel in the other. And I'd run my numbers on my Kestrel and I'd look at my phone because I trusted my phone after all these years. And I'm like, okay, they're, they're pretty close. And so I, then I just weaned myself off my phone. I think it took two matches. And now my phone is nice because I can leave my phone in my pad. I'm not worried about stepping on it, breaking it. Yeah. And I just run the Kestrel. And I actually leave my phone in the truck. I don't even yeah. take my phone anymore. It's, that, that's uh, I try to take it because I should take a picture or two of shooting, but usually we're yeah, too yeah. focused, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, But, yeah, the Kestrels are – that's been a good um, – I like – that's been a fun one. Yeah, great piece of gear. Um, so I run that. Right now I'm running uh, – I'm, I'm transitioning from a couple things. I was running the Sig Sauer – a 2400 um, rangefinder mm-hmm. and a pair of uh, 12 by 50 Vortex Razor HD binos, and I think I'm going to transition to the new 10 by 50 Vortex Fury rangefinding binos, so I can have everything encased into one. I really like the ranging capabilities, and so mm-hmm. what you can do is you can look at your arm board. You can look at the matchbook. You can literally look through the binos, and you can ping all the targets within, mm-hmm. you know, just a very short time. And you can kind of verify all those ranges. Um, yep. Most of the time, the ranges in matchbooks are correct, but sometimes they might be off a little bit, yep. and it cost you points. You know, it, it might cost you a point to figure that out. So um, that's or what three. I'm running. Um, I know. Uh, you know, I think you're running the the Suaro 15 by 56s. Yeah, which, I'm in love with those. Man, they are so popular. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, I have a set as well. Yeah. Um, it, they're almost like too nice for me to want to take to a match because <laughs> they they fall over and they get beat up. But yeah, so I. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the transition period on on what I want to run there. Yeah, I like the combo idea a lot. I just I started running those uh, 15s. I've I've had them for years from uh, from the hunting side, and then um, can you imagine if they had a 15 by 56 with a rangefinder in it? It'd be pretty legit. It just, and a little would, milling reticle in the corner. Oh, it'd take it like over. A little, yeah, it would be, pretty, be awesome. pretty impressive. But yeah, I run I run those, and and I, you got the tripod. You bring the tripod with me anyway, and so yep. that's always with you. So it's a it's an easy thing to throw 15s up there and mm-hmm. watch trace and, and, and see which way you can, I mean, you can watch, you can watch bullets fly through the wind and you're like, it's pretty obvious to see what they're doing. So you get, you know, watching guys shoot before you, you get a, a, a pretty good idea of what's going on with the wind just from watching them with 15s and mm-hmm. stuff. So you can learn a lot. I think people, well, I went to a match in uh, the, uh, the North Carolina match mm-hmm. and I was the, I think the only guy with the tripod out of our squad of 13 you were with a bunch of newer shooters, though, correct? I uh, no, they they uh, I I don't kind of like a I, mix, said, maybe? I don't know them. Yeah, there's a mix. There's definitely some guys that have been at it for a while. Um, I and I don't know for sure because I never I didn't know any of them, so mm-hmm. I was just getting to know them. But I think a few, I think a, a handful of them been at it for a while. They they knew what was going on. Um, but um, but the, I don't. Maybe it's the East Coast thing. I'm not sure. But yep. there was no tripods. The, maybe one or two, but I don't remember any binos on tripods. Um, and so I, I was seeing a lot and then, you know, being able to share those and having guys see trace and I, I don't know. I thought they were probably loving it. They liked it. There was a lot of guys looking and then, you know, and then we're talking and working as a group and they're asking what I'm seeing. And, and, and so we try to work together with that. And so I don't, they're valuable. I mean, if mm-hmm. you can, if you, you're waiting in line to shoot and there's five guys before you, it doesn't hurt to watch where the bullets are going. That's exactly right. So, so I run those uh, for for binos and rangefinder. 
I have a fix-it stick uh, set that I really like. And so Uh before every single match, when I take my... My gun either out of the out of the gun case or off of the plane. Um, I show up at a match. I always have just a habit of of putting that sixty five inch pound on my action screws, mm-hmm. and I put my sixty five inch pound on my uh, cross bolts for my mount, and I put twenty inch pounds on my uh, scope top. It's just a habit that I've done for years, just to make sure everything's tight. It's, a good um, habit. it's just it's just a kind of a safety thing so that's another pretty uh pretty important piece of kit for me and then for my arm board i am um really liking the super cheap newman uh i think they're nine uh you know eight or nine dollars and they're on amazon and so i just get those ones yep. they do exactly what i want they stay in the right spot yep. And they were good for me. Stretchy elastic, like that's I started using them too. They're like, yeah, eight or nine bucks. And they're the they're football mm-hmm. call them football arm board. Yeah, and they're football wrist blue coach and or black. Yeah, f- blue, black, red. They have a bunch of different colors and they're cheap and they work great. Three by yep. five cards are the three by five right in the rain little notebooks. That's what uh, yep. that's what I use because Jake was using those. I was like, oh, that looks like a slick deal. And mine were three by five cards. And it was raining one day and they turned into a mushy mess. And yeah, so I use uh, right in the rain. It's a little three by five yellow notebook and I write with permanent marker on there and you can actually write on that when it's wet. So it's nice. And then if you write on it, it just takes like a second to dry and then it's waterproof. And yep. we've been in a lot of situations where stuff is soaked. Yep. So I know a lot of people have been using grease pens, and with the grease pens, it's also waterproof, and then you got to wipe it off with a rag. So this, I just take my my little notepad out and write a new one and uh, stick it in there so it's pretty easy to, to change stuff if I need yep. um, and go from there. Yep. What kind of uh, ammo and, and bullet yeah, stuff do you guys uh, use? Six Dasher, so that's uh, buying Lapua, six BR brass, and I'm fire forming it and kind of take whatever bullet whatever bullet you have, and I run, you know, one, uh, 105s, take 30 grains of Argot, I jam the bullet, fire form everything, which means you're stretching the case out, changing the case size to a six dasher. Um, so that Lapua brass, get it formed up to the six dasher chamber, and then I run Varget, uh, I run CCI 450 primers, and then I bounce back and forth. I've used... Uh, a variety of 105 uh, VL, Burger VLDs, Burger Hybrids. Um, I've shot the 110 Sierras. I shot the 115 Detax. Kind of just go back and forth on whatever shooting best and what's available. Sometimes uh, things sell out. In my trainer, I train a lot with the 223. I, shot a, I shoot a lot of 77 grain custom comps. From um, Nosler. From Nosler, yeah. yep. Seven, Nosler 77 grain custom comps. Uh, great practice ammo. Um, shoot really good, real forgiving load on a progressive, and they just they seem real forgiving and great practice ammo. Um, uh, those are the main bolts that I'm running, but mainly a six. I shoot mm-hmm. l- shot a little bit of six five forty seven, and I shot. Um, it's like a big boomer of a case. Big giant, it's just a, big a giant magnum, magnum, <laughs> six five forty seven Lapua magnum. <laughs> I know we're talking some pretty small rounds, um, for, for, for <laughs> but yeah, you little six five's got a little more boot to it, but nothing compared to the your normal hunting stuff. But uh, so but, I'm running yeah. a, uh, a six BRX, and it's really close to the dasher. Yep. The difference is is um, it's actually blown out uh, the same, but the difference is mine. 
with the BRX has a 30-degree shoulder yep. compared to a 40-degree shoulder. Yep. Uh, the reason I went with 30 is because I run a flat bolt nose, and uh, the chamber, the opening to my chamber uh, on the barrel is actually a little bit smaller than normal because it's a flat bolt nose. So the opening of the chamber is going to be 483 or 488, something like that. It's going to go in there. And the lugs are going to come to the face of that of that breech and chamber. So, I ran with a thirty degree. That was kind of what I um, felt was going to run best and feed best into that. I run this entire year of two thousand eighteen. Every shot I took from a BRX was a hydroform piece of brass hmm. from uh, Hunt's Long Range, and so. I bought way too much brass. I think I bought 5,000 pieces, and I said, hey, Ryan, over <laughs> at Hunt's impressive. Long Range, uh, you know, I, I, I need you to hire to hydroform all this to me uh, for me in BRX. He says, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, I'll send you a bill, and Jeez. I was happy to pay for it yeah. because guess what? I wasn't – I didn't really have the time to fire form um, like some people, and it's a lot. It'd be a lot of fire form days. <laughs> That's a lot. So uh, I had him. I had him do that for me, and it turned out great. I shot that the entire year of 2018, Whoa. and the last part of 2017. So even the even the championships and the finales and all that stuff was all shot on hydroform brass. Um, so That's I, pretty impressive. Yeah. That. So I just got done shooting through that particular brass i sent it off um to a, a good buddy of mine brendan osborne with brass cleaning services he's going to go through he's going to anneal it he's going to trim it uh he's going to clean it and size it and basically do all that brass prep and so i'm going to get it back i'm going to load it up and then we're ready to go for 2019 season so now i'm finally shooting once fired brass that's uh yeah, that's what you call baller status. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's called, you, I, I don't have the time. Yeah, that's cool. No, I'm still, I'm still, I got a thousand pieces and I rotate. I wish it was more because I was already through the end of my brass cycle where I got to go through and size. I've been sizing on, going back and forth between a Dillon 650, doing progressive sizing with some different dies in the, start with a decapper, then a sizer, and then a, I run a mandrel through it. Um, um, expander mandrel and uh, to go two thou under uh, uh, bullet size for and then also using a I've used a Forester coax a fair bit so I'm still doing the, doing my own and then I kneel on a I kneel on an amp uh, a kneeler every I'm experimenting still I went as much as five firings I've tried every firing I'm go about three firings I've just gone back and forth and honestly if you get really good brass and a dasher I haven't noticed a giant difference between every firing and every five and I'm still experimenting, but mm-hmm. when I do any, I'll use an amp. Um, um, that's I, what's called baller. Oh, it's a good, it's a good annealer. It it's sure a is. good induction annealer. Not, it doesn't use an open flame. Oh, what here, my baller stats. I got to get props to this primal rights, uh, bench primer. <laughs> Man, I, that thing's nice. I won that at the North Dakota match, um, uh, a couple year year or two ago. And it's a, it's look it up online. Primal Rights Bench Primer, and it's uh, it's pretty sweet. It's super fast. Um, it's basically like the red Ferrari of primers. It, it kind of is, yeah. It's big billet <laughs> aluminum, <laughs> like lever, like you have on a reloading press. It's like a little small lever, and you can crank it out real fast. But anyway, so and yeah, then we're both awesome. loading on, um, both loading our chart powder on 
And we'll probably talk about reloading in depth at some point. But, yeah, we're loading on the FX120 scales. A lot of guys are using those, and we'll talk about that later. But, yeah. Um, what, what bags are you using? So uh, I uh, I really like uh, the Wax Canvas Game Changer mm-hmm. um, from Armageddon Gear. And I was uh, one of the early adopters or, I guess, early runners of the original Game Changer that uh, Clifton Reeser sent me. Yep. So uh, he sent me a prototype and said, hey, Jake, uh, check this out. Let me know what you think. Um, I loved it, and no one here had uh, had one. I took it to some matches, and they said, what in the world is that? And uh, it was heavy, and it was it was big. Up until that point, yeah. everybody was trying to run super, super light bags. Yep. And That's funny, yeah. as soon as you start, you know, using this, you just notice a giant difference. So, you know, uh, props to him for coming up with a really good bag design. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of people that there, there's a lot of good bags in the market. Yeah. Um, I know the fortune cookie from WeBad. Uh, I've ran that a lot as well. Um, and I have a mini little custom WeBad uh, fortune cookie with a, really right stuff rail that I'm going to be carrying around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that, the, the original wax game changer is my go-to, um, hands down my favorite, uh, favorite piece of kit for bags. Yep. And I've run that a lot. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Same. I mean, I started, like you said, with some light bags. I have a, what they call a, a pillow or it's a little bigger lightweight bag. I don't hardly ever, hardly ever use it, but still take it. Um, most of the time, but I uh, started running that the original game changer bag, the OG, and it was uh, just a Cordura bag. Um, look it up, Armageddon Gear Game Changer, if you're not familiar, which everybody is. It's a super versatile bag. Ran that for a long time, and then I bought a wax canvas as well. Played with it back and forth. Ran the original for another match or two, and kept practicing with the wax. I was like, man, I started to see just really small, a subtle, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit better, but every little bit counts, and I really got comfortable with it. So that's my go-to. I also have a little shout-out to Matt Rousseau. Uh, He's got made this, uh, well, it's kind of like a solo sack. It's a small filled with sand, and I still pack that sucker around for the, like, PRS barricade, and it's just full of beach sand and it's just a little small bag and I don't know why but I still carry that thing it's eight, eight or nine pounds and I fly with it everywhere and the TSA hates it when I go through the it's metal detectors it's just so solid though when you put your gun on but it it's just the gun just sets in there so I wish I didn't like it so much because I like to just take one bag but I really do still like that bag so thanks Matt appreciate it buddy and uh still pack that sucker around but those are my three but 95% of the stages that I use one bag Maybe ninety nine percent of the stages I use one bag and it's usually the wax game changer. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah, uh, yeah. As far as gear, uh, I'm running the uh, Kafaro fourteener uh, pack, yep. and I kind of copied that after you. Um, I, love I saw, the guys saw you running Kifaru. it. I used to run the Everly Stock uh, half track. It's called mm-hmm. and another really good match pack in my opinion. It was a pretty good size. Uh, one thing I like about this Kafaro is I just feel that all the materials in every way are higher quality, better zippers, better materials, heavier duty materials. Uh, so that's 
that's one of the reasons that I decided to switch is I just like the, the durability of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like some of those features. I sent mine off uh, to a friend that actually works uh, at Kfaru, and mm-hmm. he uh, did some special customizations on it for me. And my zipper is on the on the on the top pouch is a little bit different, mm-hmm. so I really like it. It turned out great, yep. and um, so yeah, the Kafaro 14er, and you run the same thing. Yeah, I love Kafaro. I've been friends with Aaron, kind of runs that company over there now, and Frank, some buddies over there, and cool guys. And we've I've hunted with them. I met them through the hunting side of things uh, quite a few years ago now, and um, been running their hunting packs. The Kafaro EMR2 was my main hunting pack. It's a big, you know, multi-day pack. And so when I uh, started doing this, I obviously want to keep running their packs. And so moved into their internal frame packs. And the 14 is a perfect fit. Um, I strapped tripod to the outside. I strapped my pillow to the outside. Rain gear, everything else goes inside. It's got a couple internal pockets that hold my fix sticks, like he talked about, a little cleaning kit on one side. Um kestrel on the top just a it's a real simple pack but it's clean and it's um like jake said it's just a it's a tough pack and i like and i like those guys a lot they they've been super cool to me i like to support them so when are you going to uh design something with them straight for precision rifle shooting well we were just talking about uh ryan uh said they want to they want to work on a um so everly stock has you know, they've had the kind of the gun bear pack historically and their patent I believe is running out this year. Um, and so I'm sure a lot of other people will jump into that and we're, we're talking about going out there and working on the hunting pack and a sh- hunting shooting a m- little more rifle specific pack, maybe with some sort of gun carrying capability. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, continuing to tweak. I just, I like the 14 or so much. Mm-hmm. There's some small changes I make in a winter. It'd be nice if it was a tiny bit bigger for when you got yeah. jackets and layers, but the rest of the year, I, I just love its size. I mm-hmm. like it's compact. So there's not a lot I would change. I'd like a, maybe tweak a few zippers in a, in a pocket or two and different places. Couple. Yeah. Just some small ideas, but I really like the, I like a lot how it sits as it is. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a comfy pack. So running uh-huh. that, I'm, I dig it. So, um, oh, what are the gear you want to chat about? I don't know. There's a, that's probably wrap it up. Shooting glasses. I don't need to get some new ones of those, but I don't, some Oakley's maybe, I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about, but I think that's, that's the gist of it. Um, if you guys, uh, questions, comments, um, obviously, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So vpprecision.com, VP precision on Facebook and Instagram. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, and any questions about our gear, anything we can help you with, obviously we'd love to hear from you and please ask. So until next time, toodles.